Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today's guest is going to be really an interesting conversation. I've known Neil for a couple of years, and he's a business coach. He's a cybersecurity expert, and he's a men's coach. He's a warrior, literally and figuratively, in every sense of the word. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Good, good. That, that's a really great intro. I appreciate that. It's all good. What I'd like to do is first start out nice and slow. Let's talk about your first six-figure deal. I know that that was a big life changer because at that time you were struggling, but you knew you had your confidence. People want to hear about your confidence. Ooh, the, so the, the, the first six-figure deal, I like this. Um, so to give a little, a little bit of context, right? I had, I had served in the military, in the Marines for a bunch of years, which had clearly instilled a lot of discipline uh, and a lot of confidence maybe even a little bit of overconfidence um, and then done a bunch of corporate stuff and then jumped into the startup space and then was working at a startup and had gotten, gotten to an argument with the CEO and, and on the spot, the guy, uh, the guy and I got to an argument and I quit, just quit and had a family, didn't have much savings, didn't have anything. And I spent this whole weekend building this, PowerPoint presentation about uh, for digital marketing and how I was going to monetize this piece of data that I had found um, in order with the idea that I'd be able to lead uh, CEOs of small, medium-sized businesses to better pipelines, more revenue, better, quicker, faster, just by leveraging data. And I had a background in data already and knew how to look at data, pull in data from different places and and just look at it from a different perspective, right? And this is like five or six years ago, maybe even a little bit longer. I don't know how to count last year all the time. <laughs> um, and so I put together this PowerPoint presentation, mapped out how this would work on a Sunday. Like I got, I quit on the Thursday and this whole weekend, I'm just building this PowerPoint presentation on this business that does not even exist yet. And worked it through and worked it through. And Sunday night, um, I, uh, I sent out the PowerPoint to a bunch of friends and I said, um, this is my new business. If you know anybody who would like to have this conversation, any CEOs, I'd love to have a conversation. So that week I got nine meetings booked um, with CEOs of small, medium-sized businesses. And so the first meeting on that Tuesday, went in, handed out my PowerPoint presentation drew it out on the whiteboard, explain, dumbed it down to explain how this data works, um, how you could leverage this data to, to build your pipeline better. Got done with the presentation and the CEO looks at me and he goes, Neil, that's extremely impressive. How much does it cost? And I said, it's $25,000 a week. And the guy said, send me a contract. <laughs> and I walked out of that meeting to be honest i about pooped myself um 
and had this amazing kind of growth moment. And I think for you, for me, for anyone who's listening, when we have these weird growth moments where we where the, the, the story just tilts or the thing that we thought just changes, right? It's like finding out that dinosaurs really were warm-blooded warm or finding out that um, one plus one doesn't always equal two or thinking that it's going to be a certain way when we go to Disneyland and you get there and it's different, right? Like there's this, you get thrown off your kilter, right? And you're like, that thing is absolutely not true. Um, it immediately changed my self-worth, the value of my value of my time, the value of all these things and got the first check from the person in like 10 days and filed for the LLC, um, <laughs> started the company, hired people, like all these things really, really quickly right after that. And then ultimately would end up closing the first million dollars in business for that company in 30 days. Just wow. because once somebody proved to me that I could charge that much money for my, for my work, why wouldn't everybody else do that? So you knew what your value was, your self-worth was. And when somebody asked you, you said, this is what it is. You knew in the business because you've had experience and it worked out really well for you. Because you knew you had the right set of confidence as well as the facts. Because it doesn't matter. Confidence could get you only so far, right? It's that first 20 seconds of confidence that really matters. But it's the rest of the value that you add afterwards. Sure, absolutely. But he, but here's the funny thing, right? Like I'm a huge believer. I have become a believer in as now I have this kind of influencer status. Pet People put me on this pedestal for all the things. And I really appreciate all of them. But I'm a huge believer in sharing kind of like what's underneath the hood and what's behind the curtain sometimes with people who do this. If that person at that time had said no to my $25,000, I would have said, all right, 15. I would have gone to 10. $5,000 a week is a lot of money for everybody. I don't care who, how rich you are. $5,000 a week to rent a house. $5,000 a week to pay for a boat, $5,000 a week for seats at a, the garden. Uh, like it's a lot of money, but I had nothing to lose. I had everything to gain. And what I've realized over time is that you constantly have so much more to gain by like constantly pushing yourself just a little bit further. And most of us, depending on how we were raised and the story we come from and the business models, traditional business models, and what our mentors are teaching us. One of the things that we often need drawn for us is kind of the box and then the line in the sand that we're supposed to step up to. And for me, I've just, I decided a long time ago that I'm not going to let anybody, anyone draw the line in the sand for me. In fact, I'm going to draw my own line and once I cross it, I'm going to redraw the next line and redraw the next line. And it's really served me well to constantly be able to advance myself forward, um, and, which is why I've been able to do all the things you're talking about. Like, how does somebody become a business coach, a global cybersecurity expert, a men's coach, a men's facilitator? I run retreats, you know, do all these things. How? how? People are like, how do you do all these things? And just because I've constantly been like, because I said I was going to do it. 
Yeah, no, that's great. And that's always that growth piece. It's also that Kaizen moment. You know, I know we're both alumni of the Tony Robbins beliefs, that magic 2%. If you change yourself by 2%, most people, when they think about change, they think about wholesale change, but it's that 2% or 1% in the Kaizen type of thinking, change 1% of your life, it eventually builds upon. There's 1% today and 1% tomorrow, it builds on. It's not only confidence, but it's also moving that dial and moving that line forward. Growth is always something that we should be aspiring to. It's either growth or death. Moving everything forward is really how we keep growing. And you can't just be happy with what you have. You have to continue to learn and grow and reanalyze. So reading data, I'm sure that's where some of your cybersecurity background really helps you as a coach. Look at the granular pieces as well as the overall patterns. Yeah, that, that that's exactly it. In that when I first got out of the military, I had these amazing I'll use these words, ability, you know, discipline, leadership, strategy, situational awareness, um, all of these type of words that are strengths that come out of the military. I had a whole bunch of weaknesses, right, that just had to be worked on because when you're mission focused for so long, you, you lose out on some of the, you know, social skills or some of the other things that are required in business. And it took me a couple of years to build those up, um, to build up those muscles. But I had smart technologists take me underneath their wings and really mentor me into how infrastructure and architecture at a very granular level, like how technology works. Right. And, you know, the average person just does not think about like, you know, I'm speaking into a microphone, which is technology that then goes into a MacBook, which then goes to my zoom which then goes to the Wi-Fi, which then goes to the world, which like this whole, you know, um, strategy around like how many different places there are and vulnerabilities there are within these cool tools that we use. And so it's enabled me to um, understand the way data works, you know, how data can be collected, how data can be used against you, um, how you can then secure that information or secure that video or secure that login and password. And, you know, being able to, like the thing that people get lost in the fact of, and this is what has tied me into some of this men's work that I do also, is like the ultimate kind of version of being a man is being able to be the protector or be the guardian, right? And for thousands of years, it was like, you know, if you had a spear in your hand and you could bring home food every night, you were capable of safety and security, right? You could go off to war, fight the, fight the bad guys, and then you could bring food and feed your family, right? Hunter, gatherer, warrior. And I recognized a couple of years ago that like technology is fast becoming a requirement for our tribes, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, now the new war you know, you, you can read online and see like there is more risk in cyber war than there is of somebody coming over here with their boats and attacking the United States, right? You know, cryptocurrency is a new form of resource, right? Cybersecurity is a new form of protection, you know, and it's not going anywhere. It's only going to continue to grow. So it has really been like this interesting piece of my life's work has now become, how do you get people to be more conscious and more aware about these things instead of being triggered about like, that thing is stupid and I don't know how that thing works. 
because I think you equally need to be able to know how to make a fire and hunt and fish and do all the things like, so you could really provide for yourself if you needed to, but also cryptocurrency and cybersecurity and technology is just the new resource. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it is. You have to learn it a little bit. Look, it scares me. A lot of the technology is where I'm always finding my blocks. I don't mind doing it. I don't mind putting myself out there to do certain things, but it's always like, oh, I don't know how to do it. And then I sit down and figure it out. And I'm like, "Ah, you know how to do this. Like, stop. You know, it's all that talk that we have in our head. So how would you suggest to somebody like me to get through it? Right. No, I think that I think one, there's got to be like this intention, you know, like I think really the first thing and, and that is pulling like from some of the TR community stuff, but like it, it, it really isn't as hard as we make it out to be. Right. I think, I think a lot of times if we try to do it on our own and we want to get a $20 course and sit through a video, we're like, Oh my God, this is boring. I think the first thing is, is really like get someone to help you, mm-hmm. right. Get someone to show you how easy that thing is. Um, that's the first piece, but like, I'll give you like a really good example, right? Like w- one of my companies the company's name is Secure Mantis, and it is a dark web monitoring platform, which which is a whole big, ooh, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity is all these scary words, like it's like a bad B-rated science fiction <laughs> flick, right, um, which we're actively working on. But one of the biggest risks that we all have in this cybersecurity world is this whole idea of passwords and logins. And passwords and logins were created in like the 80s because the guy who created them didn't know what else to do. (laughs) And so we created this idea of putting a password and login in. And then over time, it's kind of amplified and manifested into thumbprints and eye recognition and facial recognition, all this stuff. But the biggest, number one, hugest thing happens every freaking day is logins and passwords get compromised. The way that that gets done, the number one, like 80% of all password login compromising comes from one thing, that a person, their person's work email is this, has the same password as their personal email. <laughs> and then what happens is if you're Joe so-and-so at investmentbanksoandso.com and you're an intern or you're an admin, or you're somebody, um, the bad guys go and find you. And then they go and find your Yahoo or your Gmail or whatever it is. And then they pop the password on that because that is not as secure as your work email is. And then they simply reset your password or go some route and try to pop that password. And then depending on how good or how bad the work email cyber thingy is they will find a way to get somebody who's got a weakness a a chink in the armor and then they just pop it and 90 percent of the time they can go onto the dark web which is a place that hackers go to and buy pages and pages and pages of logins and passwords and then they just sit there and just type ones in and just keep on trying to find one till it pops and i've got this very simple software that costs like a dollar a month um for to keep that in check and yet people go i don't want to pay a dollar a month for that okay and look what type of damage you're going to have if you're exposed to that right and so i think that the quick answer is it it is a risky thing 
that if you want to be the protector of your company, the protector of your family, the protector of your community, whatever it is, you got to at least want, recognize one, that this is a, not going away. Two, it's a resource. It is not a beast that you have to conquer. It is a resource for you to learn about. And three, the other side of it, right? We recently just saw when, when there was that fuel line thing happened um, in the last like 60 days and gas is surging because it gets turned off because it gets, they had to shut down the fuel lines. It is going to continue to be here for a long time. Well, and the thing also is, is not to just learn what's here today. It's learn what, what's here tomorrow or at least continue that growth we were talking about earlier. Again, in the 80s, that was great. You had a password and you never had to change it ever again. But now you change it every 45 to 90 days. Right, right. And the, and the thing I, I've been saying to people a lot, especially post-2020, is like before the housing market went bust, right? 2009, whatever it was, 2009, 2010. Mm. The idea of putting your child in a stranger's car and having them take you somewhere was unimaginable. The idea of having somebody, a stranger, stay in the bedroom of your house was crazy. (laughs) And then Uber and Airbnb built billion-dollar businesses off of both of those models, And now it's the most common day thing for you to have a spare room in your house and have someone come stay in it for the weekend and to throw your kids in an Uber and send them to a doctor's visit by themselves. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine in 2023, 24, and 25 what we're going to come up. Yeah, that's what I always say. Unless you really look at the future, it's going to happen to you. And by thinking it's not going to happen, everything is going to be perfect. Again, our password's in the 80s, right? So... Oh, nobody's ever going to need another password. And really, you don't. At this point, you need to change it all the time, even on your personal accounts, I guess, for the same reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So over the years, obviously, you've learned a lot of stuff to be the business leader you are and the cybersecurity expert. You're also a warrior. I mean, you, you literally were in the military. And then once you're in the military once, you never get out of that mentality, thankfully. And thank you for your service. We always support veterans. But- how would you suggest for people to summon your warrior? And I know that's one of your coaching programs for yep. your men. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a complicated and easy problem all at the same time, right? And what I mean by that is I oftentimes will get phone calls and do meetings with men who um, will feel stuck, right? Or feel like they don't know what they should do next, you know? And 2020 really amplified that for a lot of people. Right. I mean, the, the, the whole world stopped. Right. And there's this machine that runs that we get up every day. We do these things a certain way. We get rewarded for them and all that stopped. And it actually gave a lot of people a chance to actually pause and think. And what I found when I, when I went through that, right. A couple of years ago, I was traveling, doing all this big company stuff, amazing, amazing opportunities, running sales teams, doing all these things. And I just hit a wall and felt stuck and couldn't get out of it. And the reason why I created this Summon the Warrior program was exactly like, how do you get yourself out of that? And what I found is it's funny, right? Like men, typically we build, typically we were taught or trained to build our community or build our teams by finding men who are just like us. 
And, you know, whether it's in a bar over a beer or over bourbon and cigars or at a sports team or in our college alumni, we find men like us. And that doesn't always serve us the best because then we don't have new perspective, new awareness, whatever it is. And we isolate ourselves and stuff like that. And then we spend so much time being the breadwinner, being the dad, being all these things that we don't realize that we would rather carry this weight on our shoulders than actually do something with it. Right. And I always, I often ask men, I'm like, if I took your job away from you and I took your family away from you, who would you be? Mm -hmm. And if you can't figure that out, you may not have a problem right now, but sooner or later, you're going to have a problem with this. And it's kind of funny because I joke around about this, about how do you summon your warrior? Really, it comes down to Netflix has figured it out. Um, it is really this going on this hero's journey, right? It, it really is. But, but being able to do it with the awareness of like, and you look at any single, you look at a Tony Robbins event, you look at um, any of these, uh, these conferences that are out there, you look at um, all of it, right? This is all going to make sense in a second to you, right? It is like, you get a group of men together and they get the call to adventure, right? We're going to go do a thing together, right? You they immediately get a little bit more excited, right? Then we're going to go on this kind of adventure. And along the way, there's going to be quests, right? Trials, tribulations. We're going to unpack some of our shit. We're going to let go of it. We're going to learn to thrive in discomfort a little bit. You know, there's going to be some accountability along the way. There's going to be some integrity opportunities to improve your integrity along the way. And then at this big adventure, there's going to be a sorcerer or some dragon thing that we're going to slay together as a team. And then our hero, whoever that hero is, um, is going to recognize that if they operate from this place of a higher integrity, a higher accountability, a higher level of self-awareness, they can take this new version of themselves back home and then know that they have now a community of people who now think like that for them and with them. And then get to realize that, that you are this new version of yourself. You've experienced these growth moments and you keep on going. Right. And the accountability piece is the part that keeps you going. Right. Tony always says the toughest day in the world is not Thursday through Sunday. It's that Monday morning when you go home. When I talk about patterns, that's why we need to watch the patterns we have. So instead of the warrior, and there's different types of warriors, right? You, you would say that not everything has to be a hunter slayer. There's definitely different pieces. We all in our tribes actually fit a role, and it might not be necessarily the hunter, but there's other types of warriors. Right. I, I, I say this all the time to people that just because I've grown a beard and I'm very forward and very leaned in and all these things, I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that I am this singular, singular version of what a warrior should be. But what I've learned is, is that when people, when I got the phone with people and people say that they are in a circumstance that they, they do not like, the first question I say is, what's your routine like, right? Do you have ceremonies in place? Do you have daily rituals? Because before you have an emotional problem, you have a math problem. And the math problem is that wherever you're putting your hours into is going to be the thing that's going to really work. So whether that's sales, revenue, whatever it is, right? That's the first thing. 
The second thing is always going to be, well, if you're carrying emotional things that don't serve you well, you need to learn how to unpack those things and let go of them, right? Because they're taking up space. And if you don't have the capacity to put a routine in place, right, it's methodical. It's because you're holding on to things that are limiting you from having the space and capacity to do them. Well, how do you do that? You learn how to thrive in discomfort, right? At my, at my men's retreats, we do all kinds of, of exercises and cold plunges and go through these different experiences so that people can learn how to thrive in discomfort. Well, that's that, that whole piece of doing rituals, ceremonies, uh, unpacking your shit, and then um, thriving discomfort sounds a little bit challenging. Yes, which is why you need accountability. You have to get into an accountability group or have, have an accountability partner or a coach or somebody who's going to be able to keep you there during those moments of uncomfortableness where our mind wants to go back to the old feedback loop. And then the biggest thing that I've realized in my own journey is that we are oftentimes taught at a very young age to have integrity with others, right? Kind of the golden rule exists and all these different things about being like, well, I committed to do this for this person and therefore I have to do it. And what we lose in that process is self-integrity and integrity with ourselves. Are we doing the things that we really want to be focused on? Or, and if we're not, then are we doing it because of guilt, shame, ego, whatever you want to, but oftentimes what happens is as men, we little by little will chip away at our own integrity over the years because of stuff with our kids, our partners, our families, our businesses, whatever it is. And little by little, um, we will compromise ourselves. And then by the time we get stuck, it's not that that thing happened last week. It's that thing, that feedback thing that we've been doing for the past several years that has now finally caught up with us. And now we have to kind of unpack that in a different way. And so whether it's in my accountability programs or my one-on-one coaching or in my businesses or in my retreats, right? Those we work on changing that cycle. So you put ceremonies, rituals, routine in place. We learn to let go of our shit. We thrive in discomfort to do so. We get accountability partners. We then thrive with the self-integrity piece. And when, when you're able to operate from those five different places, it's a very powerful thing. And that's what we have to also learn, right? Today's society, we generally have to do it. Neil, you have to do it yourself, and it's not. You, you really, you have to might make your decisions, and that's the really important part for each one of us. We have to make the decisions and how to go about doing it. But that doesn't mean we need to do it without having the guidance or the learning. Uh, the confidence right. when we talked about it, yes, but the opportunities, and we don't always know all of our resources. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky. Now, that's where you, you find people like Neil and myself in, in finding those resources and what you could do with those resources because every resource is going to be different for everybody else. Pressing forward in, in accountability is huge in, in your world. Uh, you know, and, and again, I want to make sure everybody understands Neil's not just a, a business coach and everything like that. I mean, he's very spiritual and love to hear about some of your spirituality, how you prepare yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically uh, to be the person who you are, the leader that you are. Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. And I appreciate your kind words there. You know, like 
one of the things that I did not realize when I was running big, you know, bigger sales organizations and bigger companies was like the, the churn and burn of it all. Right. Like, you know, I lo- I loved and thrived in it for years, you know, hopping on planes, doing meetings, speaking on stages, um, managing people and pipelines and all this stuff. And after I did a bunch of the, after I burnt out on it, you know, re- recognized and have moved into this place where, and I think you've seen it a lot in my social media and all my other videos, like I am constantly working on being like this, right? My energy, and I'm, I know we're doing this vocally, uh, but like I want to be a straight line all day long as much as I can. And I still have my moments, right? Um, but for the most part, I'm going to be able to show up and I have these four agreements with all my coaching uh, clients and people I facilitate. Like the first one is one, my intention is always to make you feel safe in this environment. You, you, that is my, my, my cornerstone is that I will build a container that you can fill with whatever it is you need to get off your chest. Right. Number two is one, our entire conversation will always be confidential. I will never share any of this ever out in the world. Number three, I will never cut you off. I will never jump in on your conversation. I will never judge what you say. Um, and number four, um, if I share anything about my life or any ver- sim- similar story to what you just shared with me, my only reason is going to be because it's going to lead up to a tool or a resource that I have learned from experiencing something similar. Right. And that becomes like my foundation of like, sure. I have tons of the self-care stuff involved, right? There's meditation three times a day. Um, I joke around, I've got more plants in my house than people. Um, but it's part of my routine is watering the plants. Um, it's these little tiny kind of things that will then create the self-care routine, right? Um, I'm doing, I've explored plant medicines and spiritual stuff and all different types of stuff like that. But ultimately it's just so I can always show up in a certain way. And I know how that feels. And if I don't show up, if I actively choose not to practice self-care in that way, then I am, doing people a disservice by not showing up the way that I know I can. And that's part of my commitment. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's also, I really appreciate you sharing a couple of different resources because, you know, most people just go, well, I can meditate a day or I can't meditate. And knowing that there's a different resource for each person and how you even said about plants, taking care of plants, another living being, if it's not a a human being or a four-legged, you know, living being, and, you know, plants are living as well. Uh, you know, there's plenty of science out there. Uh, how, how we speak to our plants also helps their growth. And so I want to ask you, uh, one of the things I also mentioned on, the, on my podcast is about our magic garden and planting some seeds. So I'd love to know what type of seeds do you like to plant? Mm, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'm looking up at my board because right behind the camera, I have my, my own kind of my own kind of uh, notes to myself. Um, and I think the, I'll share three, if that's okay with you. 
Um, you know, the first one I'd say is um, people, society has trained us to always find a problem. Um, and what I think is interesting is um, people don't look at the cost, how expensive your biggest problem is, right? People will spend hundreds of dollars at a physical gym every month, right? And yet, no matter how much muscle you build, the minute you stop going to the gym, it goes away. Mm. But you won't spend, you know, a hundred bucks a month at a meditation center, right? Or, you know, some mental fitness, right? So I always tell people, look at the cost of your most expensive problem and then spend some money on that, right? That could be therapy. It could be a coach. It could be a retreat. It could be whatever it is, but what people are willing to spend on Ubers and everything else on the planet versus what they would spend on their most expensive problem is a fascinating way to look at it. Yeah, that, that is awesome. That, that, that's a great way to look for it. Now, um, this, the second one I would go into is, and this is something I've been really leaning in on lately is, um, and this is probably tied to it, but I become very focused on the fact that um, we I don't care what you, if you're 60 and below, we, it's amazing how we have mastered that people are going to live for a long time. Right. And, you know, I'm 43. Right. So at a minimum, I'm going to, and, and I still have great grandparents still alive in their 90s. Very lucky. So at a minimum, I'm going to live as long as I take care of myself and don't get too crazy in some of the adventures that I do. Um, I'm probably going to live into my nineties. And I think that like emotionally and mentally, we do not have a good blueprint for that, for what that looks like for men- mentally, right? We've already figured out that with Lipitor and cholesterol pills, we're going to li- we can cure that one pretty quickly. We're pretty close to figuring out dementia. I keep on reading about how we're getting closer and closer to figuring that one out. And the seed I plant there is, is that as we get older in life, we tend to carry, right, these guilt, shame, and ego problems. And as we get older, we start to experience regret and we get to be physically or mentally not capable of being able to resolve those things. Or the person we have guilt, shame, or ego against is going to pass away and then it's a door we can't go and fix. So I think more than ever, we the seed I would plant is like, let go of all the shit that is weighing you down now and do the older version of yourself a solid now so that if you're 50, let go of that shit now so that your 70-year-old version of yourself doesn't got to deal with that shit because you would tell your kid to let go of it, a grudge or whatever it is. And now we have this ability to foreshadow and be like, you know what, I'm going to do myself a f- my future self a favor and let go of that stuff. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to mention earlier when you talked about how men uh, often we carry the weight of the world or the weight of our families or the responsibilities. And there is an actual weight that we feel, it, you know, that emotional weight does mm-hmm. live within ourselves. I know when I don't use my resources, my neck, it, the stresses behind it. A lot of people have that neck piece where we hold it and we hold it in different areas of our body. It is better, and we do have that better projectile when we do release it. Look at my past self, and that was that cluberty that I created, that word. It's because of all the stuff that I had gone through earlier 
that was the way I got to that point until I decided I'm going to dump it all. And I feel like a different person because I was able to now not worry about it. I don't know if you know about it. Two years ago, I tried to hurt myself. And the thing that killed me was the Kid Ego piece of me. Kid Ego. That was something that I had in the 90s when you know the song came out. And I was like, oh, that's so cool, so cool. Not knowing that once my ego died, I could be the real person who I want to be. And that's how I've had so much growth in the past two years because it's not that I don't care what other people think. I just know how I want to be and I am much more observant because of it. And if I look at it in a filter of ego, that usually gets me into trouble like anybody else. If I look at it as a servant leader like yourself, I know that's the way to go. Right, right. I've become a huge fan of... Um, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but Anthony Bourdain's quote of um, I can completely disagree with you and still love you. Mm -hmm. Or he also said something like I can love you and not care what you actually think. (laughs) Right. And both of the, I mean, I would say that's my third seed, but I would be like, this is a thing where we're living in this hypercharged world right now where everybody wants to be seen, heard, and everyone's got an opinion on things. And a big thing for me, like, you know, people will say, Neil, you post too much on social media. Neil, you make too many videos. Neil, you're working on too many things at once. Neil, how do you do? And, and I think it's fascinating because I'm like, I understand that you just, I, I talk to hundreds of people every day sometimes, legitimately. I've done 70 something podcasts this year. Um, alone. And, you know, it becomes so powerful when you can kind of deal with what's going on in your own head, make a plan, and then stick to it. Right. And, and, and it's wild, because what will happen now, I've also experienced this is that when you start to commit to things, like I committed to myself, four years ago, that I wanted to be in a place in life, where I had equity in multiple companies and had 100% ownership over my time. Time is the biggest thing. That really is the best currency. Right. Having that power really leads you to so many other things and the opportunities then just keep multiplying. Right. And, and t- I mean, t- to me, in my world, I subscribe to the idea that time is the only currency we have, right? That's how... Fundamentally, it's one of my coaching principles I say to people is the only thing that matters is your time. What does money, what does money give us? The ability to either spend time or to make time for something else, right? Like I'll give you a good example. And it's an emotional thing. Um, if you go to a barbecue, family, whatever, it's a requirement that you go, Right energetically, like you'll go, you'll eat, you'll have a good time. You'll talk to people. Um, but it's something you fundamentally, you'd rather be doing something else. Right. When you come back from that, what it takes to get like the gears going for you to do anything is exhausting. Right. In my world, that means you spent time right now you go and see a friend you go and have a business conversation that leads to a closed deal. You go to a restaurant that you love the food at. You go to a place and listen to music. You go to the gym and have an awesome workout. 
all these things, right? Energetically, you were doing the thing that you wanted to do with people that you wanted to do it with. You will feel amplified. That means that you shared time. And then on top of it, let's just say you have a commitment and then somebody calls you and says, I've got tickets to something or I've got this to do or whatever. And you're like, all right, I'll cancel whatever it is. We're going fishing or whatever it is because you will make time for whatever is most important for you. That's excellent. And one of the things that I wanted everybody to at least think about making time for, you have an upcoming retreat, I think, in September. Yeah. So we have a retreat on September 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, it's in uh, the Catskills of New York. Um, you know, we get together for three days. Um, if anyone like details, they can reach out to me and connect on it. But it's ultimately, we get 15 to 20 men together. Um and we basically walk through an entire weekend of what I spoke about on this podcast, but this idea that we're going to go through rituals and ceremonies. We're going to go through unpacking your, your stuff. We're going to go, how do you thrive in discomfort? We're going to work on the accountability piece. We're going to work on self-integrity and do it in a space that is safe, that people can do, can approach these topics when they may or may not feel comfortable in their normal lives to do so. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I know I've taken a lot of your time and I appreciate all the knowledge that you've given us. Is there any one last thing that you'd like to share with us before we go? Um, great final question. I would say that the, the what's coming up for me a lot is there. there's a lot of stories going on right now, right? There's a lot of things in the media. And with seven and a half, eight billion people on the planet, the, the chances that the story that you are telling yourself is true is very highly unlikely. I, I, I have a coaching client, just real quick, who came to me and said that they're, they're a real estate broker. And they were like, the market's crazy. No one's signing the paperwork. No one's bought, I can't handle the market. It's too crazy. We're not doing any, all this stuff, right? And I'm like, where are you hearing this from? And they're like, well, my friends are saying this and online is saying this and this and that. And in six weeks, she went from having zero transactions in escrow to having eight transactions in escrow, just because I pointed her in a different direction. And I didn't do anything other than being like, instead of looking over here, look over there. Like, she's a very knowledgeable, experienced, great broker. So the nugget I would leave everybody is you just need, you may just need someone else to tell you to look in a different direction. And the gold or the mission, or the purpose, or the goal you're looking to achieve is just left instead of right, or right instead of left, whatever it is. We always have to change our perspective, because a lot of times we have that ICTA disease, you know, I know that already, and that's when we don't have the ability to learn, is when we actually know that we need to learn more, and keep growing, and have that confidence to learn, that's exactly how we can expand our worlds, and keep moving that line forward. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And as always, everybody, make sure you find peace and love in your life. But when you need to swing your bat, bring your bat, non-negotiables, and find that sweet spot. Good luck. Namaste. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. 
sound effects, and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidchemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.